Welcome to the D3 Mission Log podcast. Thanks for joining us today as we discuss lessons learned as we strive to innovate not just technologies, but finance mechanisms as well, deploying new funds and new types of funds to support the massive growth of climate tech around the world. There's always opportunity to kind of connect more dots, we smaller than we need. The Derivative Mission Log, welcome again to just the update on what's going on in the world of D3 and how we are trying to create the world's largest climate tech accelerator. Brian, we're trying to share lessons from how to build an ecosystem thesis and support startups to drive climate solutions. What have we got this week? Yeah, this week, I thought maybe we talk a little bit about kind of the, the broader ecosystem or halo effect that um, startup accelerators can provide for startups. I was struck while actually listening to a different podcast, the My Climate Journey podcast with the friends over there. Um, and they had a guest who is the executive director of our friends at Urban Futures Lab. And she was actually talking about Celadyne, uh, a third derivative portfolio startup that we actually featured in our last episode. And she was talking about how they had been working with Greentown Labs um, in ways that they thought were helpful to ultimately lead to Celadyne securing an investment from Shell. Um, you know, we also <laughs> think we played a strong role in facilitating that um, investment with Shell by bringing third derivative into the program with Shell, one of our major uh, founding partners. But it's just a reminder of kind of what a team sport kind of co-creating entrepreneurial successes, especially in this complex, uh, you know, hard tech, climate tech, energy tech kind of world. Um, and it's a, a timely reminder that regardless of where the boundaries of your program are or the you know, network of mentors that you provide or the specific partners you have involved, like there's, there's always opportunity to kind of connect more dots, pull more resources into the picture in ways that are ultimately helpful and uh, drive fulfillment of your mission. So concretely, how has D3 provided Halo support to startups or, you know, reputationally boosted them, do you think? Yeah, we've done a few and, and we have to, right? Because we're still fundamentally quite small. We're quite new. We, we have built the most well-resourced Kind of startup climate tech startup accelerator in as far as we know the history of the universe um but it's still orders of magnitude probably smaller than we need really to um affect the sustainable prosperous and equitable energy transition um so we necessarily are always looking and, and reaching out and kind of connecting dots when we can uh, with a number of startups we've helped them secure investments even outside of our uh, existing kind of direct investor partner network um, for a number of startups we've helped make uh you know, connections to potential customers, potential employees, potential mentors who aren't officially part of our program, although we are always expanding those resources to bring uh, those types of, of great assets into our, our program. Maybe one that uh, pops up in, in particular, though, in my mind is uh, TS Conductor. So let's maybe consider them the startup yeah. of the week. Really cool hard tech startup with a, a ultra lightweight carbon technology. Um, that they use as a drop-in replacement for power line, power transmission line technology, has all kinds of insane performance benefits. Uh, increases the ampacity of the power lines by 2x, uh, reduces power loss in, in power transmission by 40%, and actually even mitigates and reduces the need for structural pole and tower infrastructure by another kind of 30 to 50%. So, you know, very next generation power transmission, but it's it's hard, right? I mean, it's, it's, they have 
hard materials technology that has to kind of fit uh, side by side or hand in glove with other types of technologies, all that go into a power line, then they have to kind of get into a very entrenched and in industry uh, of, of power transmission that's not you know known for rapid innovations or agility. So their path to market is you know is fraught with challenges and barriers, and that's why they they joined our program. And we're working with them with the normal way that we do mentorship, guidance, curriculum, facilitated deal making with our corporate partners, our investors, et cetera, to help propel them along the path. Um, but they've also uh, just announced that Amory Lovins, the founder of RMI, you know, one of our parents, has joined them as a um, as an advisory board member as well. And you know, Amory is uh, kind of an OG of a lot of kind of energy and power systems thinking and brings a lot of pathways yeah yeah precisely it brings a lot of credibility as well as his own connections which you know are probably a, a superset or, or have some overlap with ours but he brings others as well and so you know we're really pleased that that's something we don't offer as our program that Amory Lovins is going to join the board of advisors of every single um, startup but it's neat that through our program they were able to connect with Amory build a relationship, find a fit there, and kind of supercharge their batteries for future. So climate tech accelerators can support startups by the, not just the training of the teams, the founder group, not just by bringing financial capital, but sort of human capital connections, bringing in mentors, bringing in advisors, putting them on talk shows, podcasts, you know, the Saladin story you told of Pat and the Urban Future Lab, bigging them up, you know, that's the, the kind of awareness we want for our entrepreneurs, the and then the connectivity to talent to join an advisory board and give them some prestige, like an Amory, in the case of TS Conductor. These are the kinds of things we can do and are yeah, doing. I think that's right, and it's um it's important for the accelerators to be entrepreneurial, and being entrepreneurial means not thinking convergently, which is a staple of what we would might often call the corporate approach or the academic approach. It means there's a single right answer. And you're just trying to marshal the resources to try to achieve that right answer. Uh, divergent thinking is the opposite. It's where you're actually starting with kind of the, the resources that you have and envisioning or creating new possibilities, new right answers, as it were, um, that, that couldn't exist without your unique confluence of, uh, of resources. And what we know is that entrepreneurship benefits from di divergent thinking, not convergent thinking. And so if we're going to if we're going to do something incredibly unprecedented, right, if we are going to um, affect the sustainable, prosperous and equitable energy transition on an incredibly short timeline, um, you know, it's going to require divergent thinking. The convergent thinking is what's got us here. Uh, divergent thinking is what we need to get us out. And so, you know, all the entrepreneurs need to be doing it. And we ourselves as entrepreneurial supporters and advocates also need to be unconstrained by convergent thinking. Yep. Great stuff. All right. Well, I think that's season two, episode nine done because good lessons there. Want to keep it brief to the point and come back next week with more stories from building the world's largest climate tech accelerator at Third Derivative. That's right. Make sure to hit that like, subscribe, leave us comments, feedback, um, and keep joining us in this amazing journey. We have so many more lessons to share that we've already learned, not to mention all the lessons that I'm sure we're still going to learn.